Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the 1510 WMEX Studios, it's the Rob Saul Show with Nikki Brodecki, Woody, and me, Doug Nelson. Now, please, welcome America's favorite single dad and radio's most bitter divorcee, Rob Saul. Welcome to the Rob Saul Show here on 1510 WMEX Boston. It is good to be here. Many of you may remember me. I uh, co-hosted the Bob Levy Show right here on 1510 WMEX. And as you heard from the introduction by uh, Doug Nelson, who was with us on the show, I am not only America's favorite single dad, but radio's most bitter divorcee. A lot of people know before the Rob Saul Show, I did a program called Night Views Radio, which was featured in the New York Post, and the Rob and Trav Show, both shows I co-hosted with my cousin Travis, and uh, unfortunately, he seemed to like my wife more than the uh, show, and uh, he is now living happily ever after with my wife. And uh, I am here doing the Rob Saul Show, carrying on the flag as radio's most bitter divorcee. And with me is uh, my co-host, who co-hosts the Rob Saul Show on uh, uh, Ripped Radio Network, our uh, live uncensored show on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, she was a guest on the Rob and Trav show, and also the elite club that has slept with uh, Travis, my co-host as well. Something in common you have with my wife. Please welcome Nikki Brodecki. Nikki, how are you? Oh, I'm fabulous. How are you? I am fantastic, and it's good to be here in Boston. I'm glad that uh, we're on air here. And uh, not only can people listen to us in Boston and the surrounding area, but they can stream us on uh, TuneIn all around the world. And we'll be uh, putting all of these on the Rob Saul Show iTunes page. So be sure to check that out and subscribe. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. Uh, Mr. Doug Nelson 
is with us on the show. Doug, how are you? I'm doing good, Rob. But you know, I want to clear the air here. Uh, I have not slept with Trap. Oh, okay. Well, tra- <laughs> <laughs> well that makes uh, two of us. Uh, well, I've slept in the same bed with him. I mean, we grew up together. He's my Whoa. cousin. <laughs> but I, I, I haven't had actual intercourse uh, with him, Doug. Can we say intercourse on Boston, Doug? Intercourse on Boston. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Doug is actually filled in for me on the Bob Levy show uh, when we did the show right here on WMEX. And I believe you do the news, right, on the uh, Conti and Kenny show here on uh, WMEX? Yes, yes. Yeah, so uh, Doug is a uh, veteran, not only this show, but WMEX and many other uh, programs. He is the man with the golden voice, and we're thrilled to have him a part of uh, the Rob Saul Show. Another guy who's not with us tonight who will be featured on the show is one of the producers for the show and uh, does a lot of behind-the-scenes business is Woody, and you'll be hearing from him on air as well. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can uh, chat with him here on uh, WMEX soon. But uh, we have a big program for you today. Later on in the program, uh, Jake Pentland is on the show. Jake Pentland is uh, a producer, a podcaster, and he is the son of uh, Roseanne Barr. And uh, he's been on the Rob and Trav show. He hasn't been on the Rob Saul show yet. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to him and, and catching up with him and, and seeing what he's been up to. And then, uh, of course, uh, Michael Caruso, a, a dear friend of mine, he's a songwriter, and uh, he wrote the uh, theme song for the Rob Saul Show, which you heard at the beginning. We'll play the full song later called Good When You're Gone. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful song. I mean, it's, he, he was worried about... Uh, it not being a welcoming song to open a uh, radio show with because it's uh, the title's good when you're gone, but it's a very happy song. And since I'm um, America's most uh, or radio's most bitter divorcee, I uh, good when you're gone fits this show perfectly. Yes, uh, it's yes, so good. It's so good when you're gone. I'm so happy you left. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm sorry, Doug. I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, I said it fits you. Yes, it fits me. Yes, and. Uh, um, <clears throat> It's just uh, we're, we're, we're very excited uh, to uh, be here on Boston and planning on bringing you great shows. And, uh, and Doug, we'll be doing some news later on and uh, catching people up in Boston, what's going on uh, around the world, not only in Boston, but around the world. And I, I don't know, have you, have you ever been to Boston, Doug? No, I have not. Nikki? I have been to Boston. Yeah, what, what were you in Boston for? I was just passing through because I went to go actually to Salem, Massachusetts, but I passed through Boston. Oh, okay. So you just pass a nice pass through. Well, now we'll, we'll have to go down to Boston and do a show down there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, it's, 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 we, we plan on bringing a lot of uh, things to you, a lot of funny bits, a lot of, uh, a lot of different interesting people and comics we'll be talking to on the show, and uh, uh, musicians, celebrities, anybody that we, we can talk to, we'll talk to them, and uh, we'll be informing you. And uh, we'll be keeping you awake at this uh, ungodly hour, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. in Boston. I mean, we have a lot of listeners uh, that listen to our, uh, our live uh, uncensored show uh, in California. So I guess it'll be like 11 p.m. on Saturday night uh, for you folks listening on TuneIn and, and the California area. And our, our friends in the U.K., it'll be 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. Wow, 7 a.m. So we're like morning drive for them. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to hit it big in the UK, Doug. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so all in all, good news for insomniacs. Yes, good news for insomniacs, truck drivers, people working the late shift. The Rob Saul Show on uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, technically, will uh, will be entertaining you every week. And uh, if you miss the show, or, and, and some some reason you're asleep at that hour, which seems ridiculous to me, who sleeps that time at yeah, night? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can uh, you can download the show on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to the Rob Saul Show iTunes. Rate it. Tell a friend. Tell everybody. I mean, uh, what kind of uh, other program can you hear uh, Doug Nelson on besides uh, the Bob Levy show and the Conti and Kenny show? Besides yes. <laughs> two other shows. Yes, exactly. So, And the Doug Nelson show, of course. The Doug Nelson show is on uh, RadioMisfits.com, so uh, check them out over there. And, of course, check us out on RippedRadioNetwork.com live, uncensored, every Tuesday night. It'll be me, Nikki, and Woody. And uh, we are the number one show over on the Ripped Radio Network, and uh, you can always hear us there in, uh, in a more reasonable hour. But uh, we are uh, thrilled to be on here in Boston. And uh, before we went on air uh, tonight, uh, you know, this ungodly hour, I, I had to, I had to uh, you know, figure out what to do before uh, I came on air. And, and I read that last week was the 25th anniversary of the movie Misery with Kathy Bates, the Stephen King movie. Have you ever seen that movie, Doug? Oh, yeah. I, yeah Nikki's never seen it. My friend uh, Kiara was over earlier. She's never seen it, but, but they're younger. I mean, younger than me, anyway. Uh, you know, Kiara's like 23, 24, and what are you, Nikki, 27? 27. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 33-year-old man. I, I've, seen the movie, I've seen the movie like 100 times. Nikki just came in and caught the end of it. Uh, I'm sorry uh, to make you drive to the, uh, the studio at this hour, Nikki. Uh, so it's, uh, it's got to be awful. It was a little intense on the road. It was uh, really dark. Is there people out at that hour when you're... Uh... There's a couple. Yeah? Okay. Mostly cops. Oh, okay. You weren't drinking before you got of here, did you? Of course not. I oh, don't okay. drink and drive. Drink and drive. Well, uh, we'll get you nice and loaded tonight during the show, and uh, and uh, we'll send you back on your way. It'll be morning time by then, and, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. But the, I can't believe that people have never seen the movie Misery. It, it is such a great movie, and Nikki just caught the end of it, and now she's like, i got to download it and see the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. It was awesome. Were you, were you a fan of that movie, uh, Doug? Yeah, it's a fine film, and uh, it's actually become one of the, you know, a classic film, you know, and uh, yeah, one of the better ones and of she, uh, she Stephen won, King movies. Yeah, she won like an Academy Award for that, didn't she? Yeah, I think she did. And uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, now the the big uh, uh, hoopla is all over the show American Horror Story, and Kathy Bates is in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I work, uh, for those of you who don't know and don't listen to the uh the ripped radio show, the internet show we do, uh, is I, I'm also a, a server at a uh, at a restaurant chain, so I work with a lot of younger people. So you know, I'm watching American Horror Story with this, these people younger than me that I serve with, and uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, Kathy Bates, I, I love her. You, you guys, you know, Misery, and everybody's what Misery? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you don't know Misery? That movie is a classic. I mean, that is that is why Kathy Bates is pretty much famous. I mean, that movie really put her on the map i would say no oh, yeah it did and uh she's just great in that movie she oh, pl- yeah. she plays a really psychotic <laughs> crazy woman and you know it's, it's it's funny it's like most women but she just puts on the uh a little extra to it like she's fine one minute and like i love you darling she's like you 
dirty bird the next minute and she says you know cock a duty and dirty bird and she's uh <laughs> she's yeah. she's pretty crazy in that movie but you you have to check it out from uh the beginning uh Nikki. Nikki didn't even see the part. I was telling her about the part. You know, I was trying to catch her up at the end of the movie where they stick that huge uh, log, like that firewood, between his ankles, and she takes the mallet and smashes his uh, feet across it. I mean, that's one of the most famous scenes in the movie, and uh, it's they actually show the foot just going like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if so if uh, now that I gave it away, if you haven't seen Misery, you have to check it out. Kathy, well, that's not the ending. But, yes, uh, yeah, that's not the ending. Yeah, but uh, Kathy Bates is brilliant. Uh, uh, Jimmy Conn, James Conn is. Uh, he's the, always good. Yeah, the male co-star in that. So but she uh, had to carry that movie with that character, and uh, the best, you know, she does. She's it's uh, very credible. You know, it could be over the top and kind of underdone, but she carried it very well. Yeah. I, I love her. She's in another uh, Stephen King movie I love too, called Dolores Claiborne. Have you ever seen that? I don't. Th- I haven't seen that one. Yeah, that's. Uh, she plays a woman, not quite as crazy, <laughs> but she's still a little off. She. Uh, it's about a woman that kills her husband. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a very abusive husband. Oh wait, yeah, I did see that one. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you have seen it, Doug? Yeah, yeah. I just kind of got confused there. But, uh, yeah, he was definitely a guy who probably had it coming. He did, yeah. Yeah. The, that, the, the, the most odd scene in there for me is where uh, he takes the daughter to get her hot chocolate. and he, you know, That pretty much sealed his fate. Yeah, he had her uh, perform, his own daughter, a, uh, yeah. an unparental-like act that I can't really describe here on uh, AM radio. Um, I love. I, I used to love horror movies, and uh, I, I notice as uh, I get older, I'm not into them as much. And uh, I notice that happened to my parents too, and and people where they just kind of get out of the horror. And I'm like, what's wrong with my parents? Why don't they like horror movies anymore? But I'm getting the same way where I just can't even uh, uh, deal with the horror movies anymore. I don't know. Are you into uh, horror movies at all, Doug? Yeah, well, I'm kind of the opposite. I didn't start out that way, but I'm kind of more into them now. But yeah. uh, yeah, some of you know, most of them are not that great. <laughs> yeah, and the newer ones especially. I like the old school horror movies. Yeah, I, I don't care for the the uh, they call them torture porn. Those films. Oh I, yeah. I, no, it's just nearly, There's nothing there. It's just hey, watch this guy, you know, uh, be castrated or whatever. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't care to see that. Like when that first Hostel movie came out, that was pretty intense. I never bothered to watch it. Once I saw the uh, plot, and I was like, nah. <laughs> uh, those will make you cringe. Nikki, are you into horror movies at I all? I love horror movies. Horror movies, horror TV shows, horror video games. I love it. All yeah. of it. And I'm a big fan of Walking Dead. I like that series. Walking Huge Dead is great. Fan. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. I don't really even think of it as a horror TV series, you know? Yeah, they got a, they got a good storyline with Walking Dead. It's not just based it's, on yeah. kills. Right. So that's uh, a lot, a, American Horror Story is kind of hit and miss. I mean, there's a lot of great visuals, and it's interesting and weird. But so far for me, the the first season was the absolute best. I really? Thought, yeah. Yes. I didn't think so. I thought it was too much like The Sixth Sense. What, the... Uh, the, the yeah, yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah. You and point. it was almost predictable. After a while, <laughs> I started realizing that yeah, I knew who was dead. dead and who wasn't. Yeah, you knew she was dead. 
you know, that sort of thing. I would say my favorite one is Asylum, the second one. I really like that one. Asylum was good. Yeah. I like that one, uh, but it, the ending just for me just kind of fizzled out. It's like they didn't quite know what to do. Yeah. So. And, uh, and of course, I loved um, uh, the, what was the Coven? Because, Coven, yeah. Because of uh, Stevie yeah. Nicks. I love Stevie Nicks. And when they had her come in and sing uh, Seven Wonders, I was, uh, you know. I, I yeah, mean. See, I didn't like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I just thought it just took away from the narrative of the show, you know. I just like, eh, come on. And then the Freak Show, when, when they started singing Nirvana songs, and they're supposed to be in the 50s and all that, and, and somebody just wants to do musicals. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, listen, American Horror Story is great. I, I, I like the one. I, the, the, the new one started off slow for me, but I'm starting yeah. to enjoy it more. That's what I'm thinking. This one might, because my rule of thumb on them is like they start off strong and then kind of peter out. But this one seems to have started off kind of badly and then it gets better as it goes. Because I like the story about the, when they got to the background and the guy who built the building and all that. That was kind of, you know, more interesting. Yeah, I like something with more of a story. Hey, one yeah. more to our crew, by the way. Uh, um, Joe is with us. I'm, I'm pointing at the wall, not at Joe. So everybody in the studio is looking at the wall. <laughs> and uh, they're looking at a picture of uh, me and uh, my girlfriend, my 22-year-old girlfriend that I dated after my uh after my wife uh her name was alicia and i have a, a picture on the studio wall a professional one we have of me covering her uh breasts with my hands have you seen that one doug no oh yeah yeah i did okay and uh <laughs> no but i was, I was going to introduce our, our segment producer that does the uh uh segment producing during the uh, live rip radio show he actually came uh, at this ungodly hour at two in the morning, but uh, he's uh, he's here and he's helping us out. And uh, I just wanted to intro- introduce everybody to Joe, even though he doesn't have a microphone and he doesn't really talk on air. But uh, he's a part of the team, and of course we'll be hearing from Woody here soon. And uh, you know uh, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot, too much. You're gonna say uh, we know too much about Rob. We know too much about Nikki. Exactly. We, we know too much <laughs> about uh, Woody. Not enough about Doug. More about Doug. We yeah. need more about Doug. Yes. That voice. We're going to torture Doug. <laughs> I'm a mysterious voice from beyond. Yes, from beyond. Doug Nelson. And Doug Nelson hails from Louisiana, where, yes. where he runs a ranch. That's right. What, what do you do? You raise cattle or something on the ranch? What do you do? It's all cattle. All cattle. Now, do you actually slaughter the cattle yourself, Doug? <laughs> no, I uh, I just raise them and sell them, and what happens to them after that? I don't know. Uh, do you ever sell them as uh, sex slaves to to people? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Bestiality, no. Rob? Really? <laughs> I don't know what goes on out there in Louisiana. I don't know. I, I know they don't do that stuff in Boston, but uh, God only knows what's going on over there in Louisiana by uh, Doug Nelson's uh, cattle ranch. Doug, do you uh, do you care and and love these cattle? Do, do any of them sleep with you? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure a couple of them would come in and get on the couch and like a cat, but uh, no, I don't do that. <laughs> no. Do you name them? Yeah, every now and then I'll name a few, but uh, you know it's best not to do that. <laughs> do you ever have a favorite that you you just can't part ways with, and you say this one's not for sale? Uh, not not recently. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard. Some of them that's been there, usually the bulls, because they're 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 uh, with us the longest. And but uh, yeah, you know, but it, it's business. Now I imagine that takes a, a lot of work. though. What, what time are you up in the morning? Well, at, 
as it is now, my hours are whatever I choose them to be. So sometimes it's early in the morning and sometimes it's just in the middle of the day, what have you. But uh, the main part of the work was uh, keeping the fence lines up, and that's a lot of work there. Do you have people helping you or do you run it by yourself? It's mostly me, but I do have, uh, it's a family operation, so my brothers come in and help, you know, run it and uh, do some of that work too, because one man can't do that. But, uh, but yeah. And you actually live on the ranch? Yes, the house is here, and then there's this uh, 100 acres of uh, pasture. Oh, wow. Doug yeah. Nelson, he's a fascinating uh, human being, isn't he, Nikki? I just imagine you with, like, a cowboy hat on, just, like, <laughs> steering these cows towards their direction that they need to be in. Like, do you wear a cowboy hat, Doug? No, I do not. Uh, <laughs> I just came into this because it was my dad's. Oh. You know, and then uh, my endeavors in life uh, were complete failures. So <laughs> it's a good thing dad left this. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's your backup plan. It's, you know, radio uh, doesn't seem to be paying the bills for anyone. I'm, I'm waiting tables at Red Lobster. Uh, uh, Doug's running uh, Dad's Dude Ranch. And, uh, and I'm currently jobless yeah, at the moment. Nikki's unemployed, which I found that fascinating because uh, Nikki left the Rob Soul Show, the internet show, for a while. And she started her own um, uh, sort of uh, radio network. Yeah, radio, yeah, radio network. And I saw that she posted one day, um, I'm quitting my job and focusing on radio completely. And I said, I forget who I was talking to, but I said, oh my God, why would she do that? That is, uh, that is an awful mistake. <laughs> well, I was prepared at the beginning because I saved up a bunch of money. So it wasn't like I was poor. But now, six months later, I'm poor. <laughs> I, now, do, now, do you get unemployment at all, Nikki? No, or? not at all, because I left my job. I didn't quit, wow. and I didn't get fired. Are you looking for a uh, new job? I have been, uh, possibly in, you know, bartending, since I have a bartending license. Oh, okay. All right. Well, bar, yeah, make good money doing that, bartending, at a, even if you get a job in Atlantic City during the well, summer. Well, I live 15 minutes from Philly, so I'll just go to Philly to get a job at that point. Uh, okay, well, yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, Boston, it is, uh, it is great to uh, be on 1510 WMEX. We're, we're glad to uh, be a part of the team uh, following a, uh, an amazing show, our good friends Conti and Kenny, the Conti and Kenny show, and uh, we have more shows for you when we come back from break uh, we have songwriter and singer Michael Caruso who wrote the opening theme of the Rob Saul show good when you're gone and we're going to talk to him and uh, more great uh, programming ahead for you stay tuned 1510 WMEX we will be back we'll be right back with more of the Rob Saul show after these important messages Throughout the centuries, we have learned that the sea offers us astounding health benefits. Pharmacy offers a line of sea veg supplements providing health benefits that will amaze you. Sea veg is a 100% vegetable multinational dietary food supplement with 12 edible species of whole red, brown, and green sea plants. Take sea veg every day and you'll have an inner ocean. Be pH balanced and live clean. See the full line of sea veg products at Pharmacy.com. That's F-A-R-M-A-S-E-A.com for Pharmacy. If Rob Saul's ex-girlfriend could change just one thing about him, what would it be? Something I would change physically. His nationality. <laughs> His nationality, okay. <laughs> I like that nationality, because he is a big, strong black man, so... No, I need him to be blacker. 
So, Rob, what would she change about you? Physically? Physically, yes. I will say, I don't know, my feet. She hates my feet. My feet your touch feet. Her. She would change your nationality. You would be a black man, by the way. So, <laughs> this is very, very exciting. Is that what she really said? Hey, that's what he, that is what she said. That's right. He would be a big black man. Is that too much to ask for? For more anecdotes, tune in to The Rob Zoll Show live every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time by going to listen.robzoll.com. And now, back to the exploration of a sad creature desperately trying to be a man. The Rob Zoll Show. Rob Saul Show on 1510 WMEX Boston and all the surrounding areas. You can listen to us on the TuneIn app uh, by downloading it from the iPhone or iTunes, Android Store. We're everywhere. We're just going on 1510WMEX.com. And that song was Love Is by Vanessa Williams and Brian McKnight, and it was uh, co-written by a dear friend of mine who actually wrote the theme for the uh, Rob Saul Show here in Boston. Please welcome my very, very good friend, Michael Caruso. Michael, how are you? Yes. Hi, Rob. How are you? I, 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 I got to say congratulations to you, my friend. Uh, well done. Thank well you. Well done. Uh, you know, kudos to you and uh, WMEX. Yeah, most for you. Yes, good work. Going to be a great uh, partnership, and of course, we have the most awesome theme song now. But uh, what have you been up to lately, Michael? It's uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show. It's funny, no, up to no good. That's for sure. <laughs> um, writing, recording, and um, was playing a few places, a couple of places actually here in Hollywood who will uh, have me, you know, I'm going in trying to, uh, you know, work out some of the new material, um, working uh, with uh, Tamara Champlin and Bill Champlin and um, some uh, new stuff with those guys and, uh, of course, uh, Randy Sharp. Um, We got a a new one that uh, we're doing. And uh, I'm just, you know, tormenting the patrons at these uh, various venues with the the new material and uh, uh, tripping and, you know, uh, trying to find my way through the uh, new material to see what uh, I think is strong and what will stand. And, you know, just running it by and getting opinions and, seeing how they feel about it and it's going uh, well and uh excited about uh a thing i'm doing uh, with randy sharp right now hopefully uh we're gonna get that out well, you know uh, uh, yeah. at the uh, you know beginning of uh 2016 our next single yeah. um pretty excited about that it's called another mile and um of course um you know, we got dreaming of chagall with Tamara Champlin and Bill Champlin. Um, yeah, sir. I was really happy with the way that 
came out and um no um gosh i can't thank you enough rob and uh everybody over at the station for uh choosing good when you're gone my current latest single um written with um I'm going to mention these guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, good. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll mention the guys, but let me just say real quick: is uh, before um, uh, I became friends with Michael Cruz, I was a huge fan of his songwriting. I mean, uh, in my uh, in my eyes, you're one of the the greatest songwriters out there, and uh, and. Oh. I, and 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 I love what you do, and uh, you know, and since uh, you know, uh, I had you on the show the first time. Gosh, probably six years ago or more, um, we've become really good friends. And uh, not only are, are you a great songwriter, but uh, you're you're my psychiatrist now. I, I call Doctor M every time I need advice, and as as we. Met- <laughs> and as we know, uh, you know, I, I went through a pretty uh, nasty uh, divorce. or still going through it. And, oh. and uh, I, you know, I would call Michael up about it and uh, he would uh, talk me through it. And, you know, I remember calling Michael up and, you know, or now maybe you called me and you were calling to check in on me and you said, uh, uh, how you doing? I said, you know, I'm, I'm back in my condo again. You know, I, I, I never realized how much happier I would be not living with my wife. I mean, I, I, I really feel, uh, freed. I told Michael and, and you know, he, he, we talked about it and, uh, I remember you calling me, uh, probably months later and you said, I, I wrote this song and uh, I thought about what you said to me. And, uh, you know, me and two guys wrote this song. It's uh, called good when you're gone. And it's, it, I want you to listen to it. Cause I think you'll definitely be able to relate to it. And you played it for me and I loved it. And, uh, I, and I said to myself, you know, I, I'm going to use this as my theme song when I go back to radio. And, uh, I've been back in radio, but I, I waited for this. I thought this was uh, a, uh, a a momentous occasion to be on WMEX, and uh, we decided to do it as a theme song. And I I, I tell you, I, I appreciate it, and it's an, and it's a great song, and we're gonna play it in full for you in a little bit. But I mean, I, I, how did you end up writing this song? Well, you know, that was all kismet. Everything that you just shared. I mean, you know, you called Doctor M. Yes, and uh, you told me the story of what you were going through, which, of course, you know, anybody who has walked that road knows that's uh, not necessarily a very pretty road, divorce. But, um, <clears throat> you know, having written the song, Good When You're Gone, I, I, I just had to share it with you, and uh, it just hit the nail on the head. The damn song sounds like it was, you know, custom-written for your show that was really not to be quite yet. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you had it in the works or, or, or no. what, but uh, I, I don't, I don't recall us necessarily talking about the, the, the radio show. Perhaps I'm wrong about that, but whatever the case, it just fit like a glove. And um, I mean, you know, and what I love about it, it's, it's so joyous. And, and, and it's that occasion of me saying I am much happier being out of the marriage, even though I am radio's most bitter divorcee, but it's got such a joyous sound. I mean, you've been through a divorce, and I remember there was a song you put out called uh, I'm Not Your Lover that you co-wrote, and that was more uh, melancholy and, and slower. Right. This one really makes you feel good, the good when you're well, gone. You know, well, this one was truly... Uh, 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 we. 
it was originally written as, a, as it should have been called the house guest song, which is probably why we were able to get a little bit more joy in it. But we took it down, you know, the uh, relationship, marriage, you know. Um, I'm glad you did. Up. I am glad you did. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it seems to be resonating with a lot of people because uh, uh, sad as it is when these breakups happen, we seem to be a lot happier once we get away from this the person that's, you know, really kind of, you know, bringing us down and, you know, just jamming us, you know, and, uh, yeah. and one of the things, one of the probably jamming them as well. So, you know, it, it's probably good all the way around, but, uh, it is a funny song because, uh, the, the lyrics are, you know, a little bit dark. However, the music is just joyous. And I was so happy to sing it because, you know, um, in, 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 in my case, the house guest was finally gone, so uh, <laughs> I was I was dancing, you know, on air to say the least. Yeah. So I'm very happy about it. But as I said, we did take it down the boy girl yeah. road in the marriage room. This is a, this is an I think it's an acceptance song of accepting the situation and embracing it. I mean, believe me, I love listening to you know Adele's whole album and songs that you've written, like "I'm Not Your Lover" and sit with a glass of wine and cry. I you know. I enjoy that too, but this is more of an embracing, happy, and uh, accepting. This this is the the emancipation song, you know? I mean, I hear you. I'm proud of it, and uh, I'm happy listening to it myself. And, you know, I'm not going through a divorce, but it's still quite, it's quite the kick. (laughs) I get get a laugh out of it, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that, you know, it resonated with you, Rob, and you know, I, I can't really thank you and your folks over at the station for picking it up and, you know, integrating it into your show. And congratulations to you, my friend, on thank the show. You. I know, you know, that's no easy road either. And uh, I'm proud of you. So I just want to say that out loud. Thank, you know? uh, thank you. I appreciate that because, uh, you know, I, Michael Caruso is... I'm a fan of Michael Caruso, and I love, and I'm a dear friend of Dr. M. And uh, you gotta call Dr. M. Yeah, yeah. You know, if nothing else, I think perhaps we may have discovered a bit of a formula of uh, you know songs that might be in the bag that are gonna that are gonna fit you like a glove, or perhaps they're gonna be the inspiration for what is yet to be written, so you can't stray too far from Dr. M. Right, we're going to tell you how you can download uh, the song in a minute, but I, uh, first we've got to give credit to the other two guys that were involved with writing this song, and tell us a little absolutely, bit about them. Absolutely. I, 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 you know, I, I brought the uh, original idea over to Jeff Paris, uh, absolutely an astounding musician, world-renowned Jeff Paris, and, um, and uh, then we brought it over to Andy Kravitz, we recorded it over at uh, Charlie Chaplin's hotel. Oh wow! In uh, I, yeah, I believe it was his hotel uh, uh, on uh, Venice Beach in Cal- uh, Venice Beach, California, and we recorded it uh, there at the Studio Four West, which is um, a great studio, and uh, and the. Uh, man the controls over there and uh help me uh 
put that together after Jeff and I did our work on it. And um, Andy's a co-writer on it as well. But <clears throat> Andy really kicked ass. He brought Steve Butler in from Smash Palace to do uh, the guitars. And he did, the, did all the percussion and the drums and uh, the organ. I did all the vocals. And um, I, I, I'm real proud of it. It's, um, it's just, just a whole lot of fun and um, happy to just get it have it have it in the bag i'm really thrilled to have it in the can and have it up on itunes and amazon and uh you know we uh those, those we guys were truly important i couldn't have got it uh, got it to the place that yeah. i did with awesome we uh we, and kravitz and um not to mention uh you know there's a couple things going on we got dreaming of chagall uh tamara's uh current single that is out there on iTunes that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Tamara and Bill Champlin, her husband, and myself, we uh, co-wrote that together, and I'm uh, very pleased with that. And um, well, we're going to get to the, we're going to get to all that and uh, where people can download this stuff. And it's great music. You you, you write a lot of great music. Um, but uh, I, I do want to say that I played uh, "Good When You're Gone" on my internet radio show on Ripped Radio uh, on uh, Tuesday night. We got a huge response. I said this is going to be the new theme song for our show over on really? WNX. Yes, and uh, and you know, and, and my my newsman and uh, announcer and co-host Doug, he uh, he said he said well th- that song is really impressive he said it's got a real mccartney-esque feel to it and that's what i said when i first heard it. i said it's yeah it's a very happy beatles like song i said and uh it's uh you know it's but but it's original it's good and california beatles yeah <laughs> california beatles and yeah. that's very kind please pass on my gratitude uh to your 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 is he your program director you just mentioned? No, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a co-host on the program, and he's the official announcer for oh, the show, oh. and, and uh, uh, he's a newsman oh. as well. But um, Give him my thanks. I, I will. Yeah, he's coming, you know, up, he's coming up soon to do the out, news. <laughs> a shout-out to Brian. Okay. And... Uh, Listen, uh, let me just tell everybody real quick, you can uh, download the um, official theme song to the Rob Saul Show just by going to iTunes. Uh, Michael Caruso, Good When You're Gone. Uh, Download it today. It's only 99 cents. And uh, for the month of December all the way till January of 2016, all proceeds uh, will go to... Uh, AFSP, uh, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and we raised money for them uh, probably about five years ago. Uh, Michael and I did a show uh, for suicide awareness. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't interrupt you. I want to. We're going to do the walk. Uh, is, it, is it June? Fourth, yeah, June fourth uh, in New York City, and all you folks in Boston can come down, and uh, uh, it's the uh, walk out of the darkness walk for the American uh, Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Out of, out of darkness, yeah, out of the darkness for suicide prevention. Yeah. Rob and I do it uh, as much as we can. Yes, and uh, and yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to fly in for that uh, this year. 
So I'll be looking forward to that and hopefully seeing you there. Yes, I, and, I will uh, be there. And um, uh, also, uh, uh, the Salt Show and Michael Caruso are teaming up to uh, raise awareness and raise funds for the AFSP organization. So you can go to afsp.robsaul.com and you can donate money. Or you can just go and download the single from iTunes and uh, for the month of December, all proceeds Rob, will go. Rob, Rob. Can I mention they can go to michaelcarusomusic.com? Yes. Uh, and there's a link there. It's called Buy the Music. They can get it there, or they can go straight to iTunes or Amazon. Oh, but nice. they can go to michaelcarusomusic.com. I just wanted to. MichaelCarusoMusic.com, and we'll put that link too on uh, on RobSoul.com. But uh, uh, the reason we uh, uh, have did this show not only is it an important cause and an issue, but uh, uh, Michael uh, lost his daughter Tessa to suicide uh, last time uh, we premiered his single for Tessa that he wrote for his daughter, and uh, we raised a lot of money uh, with that song for the uh, foundation. And it's you know uh, even though it's a it's a heartbreaking situation, um, I'm glad that. Uh, Michael, you were able to take such a uh, tragic situation uh, to raise awareness and raise money for such an important cause. Well, I appreciate that, Robin. I could not have done it without you because I was in quite a state, as you recall. Yes. And uh, there are certainly many, many, many important issues, to say the least. But um, this is one that certainly broke my heart. And, uh, you know, I just feel a like I got to do what as much as I can possibly do to, um, you know, alert, you know, shine a light on yes. this particular problem, uh, for the world to the world so that, um, perhaps we could save a life. And if we could save one life, then, uh, we win. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm active in suicide prevention here in Los Angeles and, uh, try to get back to New York or even do the LA out of, uh, out of the darkness yeah. walk as much as possible. And, uh, needless to say to you, I know that, uh, you're aware of this, uh, problem and, uh, you know, I just want to pay attention to it because, uh, it, uh, hit home. Yeah. Really hard to say the least. So that being said, I don't want to end on a downer note. It, uh, you know, did find its way into our household here. And, uh, we, Rob, Saul, Michael Caruso, we do want to shine a light on it. So, uh, definitely. And, and again, you can go to afsp.robsaul.com. We have a page set up there where you can donate. Uh, every little bit helps. And uh, you can also go to michaelcarusomusic.com and download his uh, latest single, the Rob Saul Show theme, Good When You're Gone. And for the month of December, all proceeds will love go. That. I love that. Can you say that one more time? What? The, what, what? It's a theme. What is it? The, the official Rob Saul show theme. The official Rob Saul theme song. Yes. To KMX. Yes. It, 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 <laughs> KMEX, right? Yeah, WMEX. Yes, here in Boston. and uh, uh, I love it. Yeah, so, I love it. Thank uh, you so much for, for yeah. that. And, uh I, I love hearing you say it, so forgive me for that. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's, it's, it's great. I want to give a shout-out to, to Randy Sharp, 
Yeah. On um, um, the, uh, the single True Love's Tears, because that's going on as well. We got Dreaming of Chagall out there. Of course, the latest is Good When You're Gone uh, and True Love's Tears, which I co-wrote with Randy Sharp, and uh, he just did a fantastic job. And they can get yeah. all that at uh, michaelcarusomusic.com, uh, correct? I'm sorry? They can get all, get all those uh, singles you're talking sure. about. They, they can. Go to michaelcarusomusic.com, click, uh, there's a link there, buy the music, and uh, all the stuff will come up. But um, a lot of information will come up. There's bios and, you know, news and all the trouble I'm getting into, so you can yes. check it all out. And uh, Dreaming of Chagall, they can get that at uh, iTunes or Amazon, correct? Yeah, uh, um, uh, Dreaming of Chagall is on iTunes. I don't believe it's on Amazon, Okay, but uh, Tamara's single, um, which I co-wrote with Bill Champlin, uh, that is on iTunes as well. Okay. Well, check it out. And, uh, of course, I want to remind everybody to get uh, Michael's EP, uh, When the Devil Starts to Pray. It's a great one. Thank you. And it's got uh, four tests on there, which is a, is a beautiful, gorgeous, heart-wrenching song. And I uh, will play it on the show one day. I, I wanted to uh, play two of the most recent ones. So you guys heard uh, True Love's Tears earlier. And uh, we're going to play the full version of uh, Good When You're Gone so you can hear it and hear how great and relevant it is to my life and this show. Michael Caruso, I hope to have you back on again soon. And I'm sure I'll be calling uh, Dr. M uh, within the week or two with some problem. I'll be uh, looking forward to uh, our time together. I'll schedule you in the book and uh, we'll make the best of the appointment. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Here it is, the official Rob Saul Show theme song, Good When You're Gone. We'll be back with podcaster, producer, and and son of Roseanne Barr, Jake Pentland, when we return. Uh, Thank you, Michael. Thank you. The all-new, live and local 1510 WMEX Boston. The conversation starts here. See? Told you the Rob Saul Show would be back. And here it is. We do have a caller. I think it's my mother, according to the note. Is Jeffrey, is that my mother? I'm going to put her on. It's someone named Roseanne. I was not expecting this phone call. Is this mother? Yes, it is your mother. Jake, hey, what are you, you need doing? to get off the radio. You and Butthead, you, Beavis and Butthead, and uh, that idiot, Eli, you guys need to stop doing radio. Seriously. You guys Beavis? are disgusting and who's stupid. Butthead? Which one's Butthead? I guess I'm Butthead. No, she said you're the idiot. He's no, the I'm idiot. the idiot. I don't know who's who, but Eli, you are—you could not be more stupid if you if you jumped off of a roof and landed on your head. Try it, and we'll see if that does make you even more stupid. What are you? you are disgusting. How gay are you guys? Like seriously, just get together and come out of the closet with your loathing of female genitalia and all the crap you spew. What are get you Get off the radio about? and marry each other, please. You know, we thought about it at one point, but we simply are not homosexuals. There's no way around it. There is no way that no. you guys are heterosexual with the way you loathe women. Uh, unless I don't you're like stuck women. at an anal minute. stage of being three years old 
and your you time with each to, other's poop. Did you listen Believe to me, the, both the of you guys are too rich and too pampered. To put her on you both need this, to get fired so cool. and get... Look at that, a commuter. That's awesome. See, okay. well, cool. real life is like, and I hope to help you do that. Eli, your father is a multi-billionaire, That's and you're thing. a spoiled little drugged-up son of a bitch. And Jake, <laughs> the same to you. What do you do all day? Not a goddamn thing. When was the last thing you did anything over there at that studio? Never. We're, you never do a together. goddamn thing but sit around and what? bitch about women's genitalia. You what guys are you, disgusting you and need to get off the radio. Jake, you're fired. Rob Saul Show on 1510 WMEX Boston and the surrounding areas. And of course, you can download the TuneIn app and listen to us all around the world. Just uh, search WMEX. Uh, with me is a old friend that used to do the show back, uh, I don't think he's done the Rob Saul Show. He was on the Rob and Trav Show and Night Views Radio, a couple other shows I did. And uh, I'm glad to have him back. He used to have his own podcast, The Jake Pentland Show. He's a producer. Um, and you probably remember on Roseanne's Nuts, he's uh, Roseanne Barr's son. Jake, how are you? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. You uh, you haven't been uh, on the program since uh, since it was the Rob and Trav show, since my uh, divorce. I know. How long has it been? It's uh, It's been a year. Yeah, it's been over a year now. God. I know. And, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, my, my co-host, who is now uh, with my wife, uh, Jake, you never really cared for him, did you? You used to always uh, come in when he wasn't on or someone was filling in for him. No, what happened was I had no problem with him whatsoever. It was a couple times. Like the very first time I did your show, you had another host. I can't remember. So forgive me for not knowing the names, but it was a woman. Yeah, it was Carrie. Yeah, yeah I think she was filling in for uh, Travis or something like that. I don't know. if I think it had been a long time since you did a show with Travis because um, I don't know all your, your drama, but it was when I was on TV and I did it. And she was funny and I had a good time. And then... I don't know what happened with her, but then you did Travis, and then I came on like the first time with Travis, and he was, I don't know what he said. I didn't bother me, but a lot of people that listened to your show were bothered. They thought he like chased me off, but he didn't. I didn't feel unwelcome or anything, but there was already a little friction there. He had said something that was strange. I don't remember, but then the third time I did your show, then he started getting really weird, and he he would bash my show on your show. Oh, wow. 
Yes, yes. Like, out of nowhere, but I didn't, you know, whatever. Like, to me, as long as people are talking about it, it's good. I'm old school that way. So then I came on, and then he said the weirdest thing to this day. It still weirds me out that him and I were in a silent competition for you. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was so like Fatal Attraction, boily, Boiling bunny, bunny, sorry, can't, Boiling Bunny's weird. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And you, then after that, you, he just would bash me unmercifully. So I always thought he was a weirdo because I never did anything weird. Even after he was odd to me, I still was, was nice. And he just got meaner and meaner. So when he turned out to be a douche nugget, I then that's when I was happy and dancing like I told you so but I never said anything bad about him <laughs> now I did he was mentally unstable yeah I mean, well he is mentally unstable do yeah, you think that's, that's it right. do you think uh, uh, I mean he thought you guys were in a silent competition for my love do you do you think that's uh, why he uh, started having an affair and sleeping with my wife he, he just wants to be me or he just doesn't want anybody else to love me it's man, there's so many layers to that guy. <laughs> My dad once said something so funny. He said that his subtext was so deep it was context. And it's just like you just get this I don't know how to explain it, but sometimes people are so messed up that like whatever's deep seated can be overt and whatever's overt can be deep seated. So I don't even know how to begin to understand Travis's mindset. But I would I would assume there is uh an unhealthy um, love for you. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm not saying it's homoerotic or anything, but it does seem like either he wants to be you or he wants you to not be happy, which is bizarre. Yeah, I, I, you know, he used to say weird things to me, Jake. Like uh, it should be me that's married and and have a kid. Uh, um, and he'd say weird things like that, and I, I never thought much of it. I just thought he was a little like you, a little off, a little bizarre, a little yeah. unstable. Uh, but but yeah, he. Uh, he got me out of my own house, and I uh, had my wife pregnant a week later. It's crazy. How how you you obviously talk to her? You have to. Yeah, yeah, what I have to talk to my uh, my ex wife. I mean, I I don't prefer to, but you know, you have to. That's the only thing about having uh, children, uh, Jake. And I know you don't have any. Uh, That's make sure this is the one because <laughs> if you do, you're going to have to deal with that person for the rest of your life. That children scare me for so many reasons and that's right up there <laughs> and you're just like like if my marriage started to fail i can get a divorce right now yeah although we do have a dog which would be, get really sad but even then it's not like a kid it's like i there's a point where if it was bad enough i could get out and be out forever and you don't have that luxury and worse your situation when you call it's just so effed up <laughs> i didn't say it i said but it's so effed up that, like, you know, you have to call her, you guys. And then, do you hear, like, Travis in the background? Does he say hi or anything? No, nah, but he drops my daughter off sometimes. And, like, uh, the other day they came to pick her up, uh, like, last week for Thanksgiving. And uh, they pulled up together holding hands and all that. Ugh. That's <laughs> horrible. I don't know if this hurts your show or helps it to talk about, but, man, that's horrible. <laughs> well, you know, they, they call me uh, radio's most bitter divorcee, and uh, there's a reason, you know, so. It's, uh, <laughs> it's good to have a tagline. Yes. <laughs> it's good to have some sort of niche. <laughs> it is, man. It's good. But I need to do that. I need to manufacture some horrible traumatic life event. Now, Get my show back on. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was a huge fan of the Jake Pentland show. And a lot of I have like a lot of different podcasters come on the show, and I've you know uh, been on a lot of different podcasts, and I always go to listen to these shows, and I just can't 
sit through it. I mean, I, I do my own, um, uh, but I really can't sit through other shows, really. But your show, I really enjoyed. And that was one I could sit through. And it wasn't even like a show. You know how like a lot of people that, you know, are, are narcissistic like me and you, because that's why yeah. we do what we do, because we have that bit of narcissism. But it, it's, it's amazing when you can listen to a show and you're not only listening because you know you may be talked about or they're talking about you. Because, yeah, you never really mentioned me on the show unless, you know, I called in or something. But it was just a, a very uh, a good program. What happened? Why is the Jake Pentland show no longer? airing well if you remember during the run like i mean we did some we really did some good shows like we really did and i know everyone always says that their podcast is good but we really were good i mean not everyone was good there were some horrible ones in there but you know i think we i think we hit above average for the most part and we'd have a good show we have good debate going and i was very happy because i i did it yes i'm a narcissist but also i like to get you know, conversation going. That's where I get excited about. And we would have that. We would have a show and then, you know, on social media and even in my personal life, the fights would continue throughout the week till the next show. And it was like, this became very consuming, and the, which is good for a show. You want that. You want people talking after. But unfortunately, in my situation, um, because, you know, I'm intertwined and I, uh, I'm close to my mother, I work for my mother, she would be very upset sometimes at some of the debates that I was starting. They didn't line up with her brand, so to speak, and um, it just became it just became too much for me to continue to do the show and have my own opinions and not you know worry about losing my job or or you know job I can always find another one, but really just not having a relationship with my mother. Like it started to it started to cause our familial relationship harm. Yeah. So I decided you know as much as I love the show and blah blah blah, it's not worth you know having a falling out with your own family. Because, I mean, contrary to your disagreements, you're very close with your mother, right? Yeah. I mean, we are now. It's oddly, right. since I stopped doing the show, I find our relationship's better than it's ever been. <laughs> um, the worst it ever was was when I was doing the show. Oh, wow. Uh, but it's it's odd because, you know, it's one of those things like, I know from the outside, a lot of people probably think that I, you know, I'm a big, big wuss. Uh, and maybe I am. I'm not going to defend it, but... I don't, don't think so. I mean, I, I, I remember defending you when you uh, stopped doing the show uh, yeah. because of the, uh, you know, the problems you were having with your mother. Yeah, it's just not worth it. I mean, if I were getting paid, like if, if it got into a real radio gig or whatever and I was making money, then I would have definitely had a completely different conversation with my mother because I wouldn't have worked here and I would have had the money to, you know, get my own place. Um, but as it is, <laughs> you know, if you, I mean, you're podcasting, you're not yeah. making any money at all. Um, you know, you're lucky if you're even keeping the lights on, if you're, if you're making that much back. So, yeah. you know, to, to have, lose your family, your job and your house. Also, I was having troubles in my marriage because the show was, you know, consuming a lot of energy that way. It was like everything was just falling apart. Well, you put a lot, of, you put a lot of work into the show. What's that? I said, you put a lot of work into the show. It I wasn't. mean, not really. No? I mean, I mean, we did maybe like an hour or two work a day. You know, we did it on our lunch breaks or at night. And, you know, it wasn't like it was 40 hours a week or anything. I mean, you're talking 5, 10, and then the show itself was only an hour. So, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the time that was consuming. It was just more of the emotional toll. And it's so funny. Like, even now talking about it, I'm laughing at the fact that, you know, I <laughs> it was... 
a podcast with, you know, a small audience comparatively to something successful. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, you're, in, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter in the universe at all. It's like it never happened. And then here it is, like, causing me <laughs> so much strife. It just never made sense to me. So now, now, can people like, go you know, back and hear archives of these podcasts, though? Oh yeah, the Jake Pentland website's still up, and the Jake Pentland show's still on iTunes, and you can you can listen to the old ones. But yeah, I mean, the one you, I recommend is the Farewell Show. I my got, last one because my mother called in and we fought. And like that. <laughs> that, that's the best. That's what I was going to tell people. Uh, everybody here in Boston and who's listening on uh, TuneIn, you got to check these out because uh, I mean Roseanne Barr. I mean, just a legendary, famous comedian, and and a lot of people would think this was just like some sort of show. She was calling in for show, but she really disliked Jake's program. Program, and she would call in and just get enraged. <laughs> oh, she's, I mean, I don't want to say she sabotaged it, but there were times like where, you know, she said, if you continue this, you're, you're going to be out of a job tomorrow, Monday. Like just, and what I was doing just for the record was like, for instance, I, I covered uh, one thing she was upset about. You'll hear in the farewell show was this. One of my biggest problems when I was doing the podcast between you and I was I hated the way that news reports stories. They they go right to the headline and they push an agenda. And I started seeing this when I was a kid, and it's gotten way worse, especially now with the internet. So I started to get a chip on my shoulder, like, hey, wait a minute, if we just take a little break here and do the research, we might come to a different conclusion uh, based off facts, not off what people want you to do, you know, to click on so they make money. So one of the stories I covered was the the Clemente story. Um, I won't bore you with details, but a kid supposedly killed himself in college because his roommate outed him. I'm sure we all kind of know this in the back of our mind that there was this kid that killed himself because his roommate filmed him having gay sex and he wasn't ready to come out. And that's how it was reported. So obviously my mother being, you know, uh, a champion of the people was on, you know, felt sorry for this kid that killed himself because he was outed. Um, but when I started to research the story, I found none of that was true. The actual facts of the case were very different than what was being reported. So I would go on every week and say, you know, you're being lied to. Here's what happened. I wasn't saying, hey, it's okay you know, to out gay people so they kill themselves. I just said, this is not what happened. Uh, for instance, he had already come out. Um, you know, there was lies across the board. And it was my theory that he came out to his mother. This is true. She did not accept it. She she rejected to talk to him because he was gay. And I think that's why he killed himself. So I went on the air and said, you know, you should love your children unconditionally. And to reject your child when they're honest with you is much more damaging than your roommate saying, oh, no, I'm I'm sharing a room with a homo. Yeah, I'm agree- I agree with you because, I mean, really, I mean, especially with a mother, um, yeah. it, it, you, you can get bullied and, and picked on all you want. But if you're parents, that's, that's where you turn to, especially your mother. Yeah. Uh, if you're not safe at home, yeah. then you're not safe anywhere. And, and, and if you are safe at home, you can handle how crappy the world can be a lot easier. So that was the premise. Well, when you listen to the Farewell Show, if you go back and listen, you'll actually hear my mother yelling at me for victim-blaming and for uh, siding with someone who kills gay kids. So that was the kind of thing I put up with every week. Like, I never went on the air and said anything that was really that inflammatory. Um, But for whatever reason, my mother and a lot of people that kind of are more in her political sphere, shall we say, um, got very emotionally reactive to what they thought I was saying. And it was always fascinating to me how I could upset people uh, saying something entirely different than what they were upset with. And I just had like, whatever, if you call that a gift, it's a gift. But I would constantly be in trouble for doing things that I wasn't even saying. Do you so think she's it, tougher on you because you're her son and she thinks what you say is going to reflect 
on her? Yeah. When she said it's not good for my brand, yeah. uh, and Hollywood speaks for those of you who don't know what that means, that means you know it scares her to think in the news that her son's like a right wing nut job because that makes her look like a bad mother, I guess. Um, yeah. And it's not good for her brand to champion the little guy, even though every week in my show, and I'm a registered Democrat. You know, yeah. every week on my show, I would talk about how uh, trickle down economics is a horrible scam, and I'll never vote Republican. Yeah. My my mother again. An hour after the show would talk about how I'm a right wing nut job <laughs> and, and victim blame. So it was the weirdest thing. And the most fascinating thing about the Jake Pentland show, I think, was that everybody came in with a preconceived notion of who my mother, what they thought she was, yeah. who they thought I was. And you got to kind of get into the other side. You got to hear like the internal workings of a real family. And you can see the confusion and all sorts of. Uh, Freudian <laughs> overlays between us because um, she was not what people expected, especially when you hear young. And they couldn't understand it. One of the most common things I heard is, how can your mother, who made a career, um, you know, telling truth to authority and being irreverent, be upset at you for doing the same thing? That was a question I always got, and I never could really answer it because I didn't understand it between you and me. I wasn't going after, you know, network executives maybe or or the right as much as she was. I was going after more of the left wing um, yeah. and, and the media outlets. So I don't know. But to me, it was the same thing. I was just doing her act, so to speak. Like I was just saying, hey, this is BS. Anyway, yeah. I could talk about myself all day, as you know. But it was very weird. And uh, I ended up having to just um, you know, put it on hiatus until it's safe for me to come back. I, uh, I started writing for a while when I took a break off the show. And I remember you helped me with an article that really focused in on uh, my divorce. It was never, uh, or my separation at the time, and it was never uh, published. I was told it was just too uh, sad and morbid. <laughs> but, yeah, I get that one a lot. <laughs> but um, I remember talking to you, and I said, what do you think your mom would say about this? And you said, well, my mom would probably just blame you because you're the man. And I was actually shocked that your mom read the article, and she uh, sent me an email and completely sided with me and said my wife was a complete nut. I wanted to take that email to court and say, look, Roseanne Barr is one of the biggest feminists in the world. Yeah. And <laughs> she, <laughs> she even agrees that this woman's a nut. But, uh, you yeah. know, unfortunately, that would have hold up in court. I didn't do that. But, I mean, I was just uh, – I was actually surprised by that. And that's why I asked maybe, do, do you think your mom's uh, tougher on you because you're her own son? Um, I, it's, it's entirely possible. I mean, yeah, I do. You, you know, even though I'm 37 years old and bald, you know, I'm bald. <laughs> so, so it's all, the reason I bring that up is that like to say you represent your mother or those kinds of things, like I would get it if I were 14 or 15. You know what I mean? Like you, you start to judge a person by how they're parenting when, when you're looking at their child like if you see a bratty little kid who's like 10 years old you might go oh his parents don't do a good enough job i don't know if you see a 37 year old bald guy acting like you know a moron or saying something you disagree with that you would instantly think i wonder you know his i wonder this reflects poorly on his parents you know what i mean it's only because my mother's famous that people ever made that correlation if, if they didn't know her they would just hear my show and either agree or disagree it would never be this parenting uh, relationship between us. So that was always the hardest part. You know, people thought when I started podcasting, it'd be easy for me because I could have my mother tweet out my show and I could build the audience. And, and in a lot of ways, of course, it helped. I got yes. Rosie O'Donnell to do my show. She would never have done it if I was, you know, not related to my mother. So, you know, for the, Corey Feldman, my mom talked him into coming on my show after he bailed. Yeah. And she was helpful in a lot of ways that way. But the other way is that 
for whatever reason, I was not ever allowed. I feel, maybe I'm angry, I feel like I was never really allowed to have my own opinions because whenever I said something, it was I know people listening in the audience go, well, what would Roseanne say? Is he doing this just to be mean to Roseanne? Is he trying to work out? And it was like, and no one ever go, oh, he has a good point here. Or, yeah, he's researching a news story before um, just parroting a headline. That's something I would respect. I never got that. I and a, and a, and a, and a so weird and a big problem too. I think is that I mean your mom's very active on Twitter, and a lot of your listeners um, were are fans of your mother, and they would go on Twitter and kind of report you uh, what you were talking about, and kind of contort what you said, and your mom would just right away like go in for the attack. Yeah, I mean, if you're obsessed with the celebrity, and yeah. you know, you're like, oh, I love you, I love you, they're never going to respond to that. They yeah. might say thank you, but yeah. if you can get them. To think like, you know, you can get their attention if you if you turn in their kid, which people did all the time. It was the only way my mom would talk to them. Yeah. So it it was like beneficial for people to listen to my show and report me. Yes. Which is also hysterical because again, I never said, I don't think I ever said anything bad. The the, the horrible things you could do is like you took something I said out of context. You could say, oh my god, he's a horrible racist person, like the Trayvon bit we did. Yeah. But it was always in a larger context. I always explained why I was doing what I was doing, and I always felt like my opinions were for the for the little guy. Like don't don't just believe what you hear from other people. Learn it yourself. That was what we said every week, and I just don't think that's really that inflammatory. But maybe it is. Maybe that's like. The thing that makes people the most nuts, if you sit there and say you you have to be responsible for research, like you you have to actually take five, ten minutes out of your day to study something before you comment on it. Maybe that's just too terrifying and too hard for most people. They just would rather just go, no, I said it, I read it, I saw it. It must be true. I, I, I recommend that everybody, Boston, check it out, uh, jakepentland.com, and check out past shows. Uh, maybe one day the show will come back, but until then, I, I hear that you're a friend of yours or you're a fan of a new podcast. What's going on with that? Yeah, there's a <laughs> – I uh, – how do I tell this story? I think it's so obvious now. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Yeah. When, when me and my mom had our final – fight and you'll hear it in the farewell show yes um you can't do the show anymore blah 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 she says i don't know if it was an email or on that show that unless you get paid and are independent from me or it's under a different name so it can't be tied to me yes that's the only way you could do your show so i thought about it and i thought well you know if i change my name um I could still do this podcast week in and week out. Obviously, I'm going to lose 99% of my audience. Yes. Uh, I would only tell maybe 10 people because I could never let it get back to her because the only way to really protect her would be to never, ever own up to it and never tell her. So I thought about doing the show in hiding for a long time, and I will just say that I will not admit to it or deny that I did indeed do that. Okay. But there is a show. Okay called the Ann and Frank Show. Um, the Ann Frank Show or the Ann and Frank Show? Ann and Frank okay. Show. About a, a podcaster that had to go into hiding. <laughs> uh, and I think his voice is very sexy, and oh. I think his style is unique, and it reminds me very much of myself. So I recommend if anyone's missing the Jake Pentland Show or just a voice of reason, you can check out uh, the Ann and Frank Show on the Ann and Frank Show.com. Or I'm sorry, Ann and Frank Show.com.
AnnandFrankShow.com, and I've heard it. It's I've, a, uh, it's, I've heard it. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty good. He's good. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's got a sexy voice. I agree with you. He does. He's so <laughs> smart. In fact, I hear that uh, you and Frank are now in a uh, silent competition to be my friend. <laughs> yeah, we are. We have, for some reason, you know, sometimes you're just so much like another person that you, you know, you can butt heads or you can get along. And Frank and I get along famously. In fact. Um, I think that there's a slight uh, romance brewing between the two of us. Oh, wow. Hey, as long as you stay away from my current girlfriend, I'm fine. But uh, <laughs> As long as I don't what? <laughs> I said, as long as you guys stay away from my current girlfriend, I'll be fine. Yeah, I don't think either of us have a chance. <laughs> Jake, it is a pleasure to have you on, and I'm glad. it's It's been a while. I'm glad I got to talk to you again, and uh, I hope you'll come back on the show soon. I'm sure Boston will love you. Yeah, they probably love me if they follow me on Twitter and see that I've been ragging on the New England Patriots uh, all day because my team beat them Sunday night. Oh, I'm sure no. they're really going to love me because I've been a real, <laughs> I've been a real sore winner. A uh, sore winner. You are a sore winner. You've always been I a, sore a sore winner. winner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gracious loser and a sore winner. I think that's the only way to be. All right. Well, check out past episodes of uh, the Jake Pentland Show by going to jakepentland.com. And, of course, check out the Ann and Frank Show on annandfrank.com. We'll be back Ann with the... Show.com. Ann and, the annandfrankshow.com. The annandfrankshow.com. Show.com or Ann and Frank Show.com. Oh, just Google Ann and Frank. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, well, we'll be back with the news with uh, Doug Nelson. Uh, thanks again, Jake. Thank you, Rob. Well, seems Rob Zoll's got to go drain the gecko. But stick around, more Rob Zoll shows coming your way after these messages. Are your vitamins not doing the job? Introducing SeaVeg, the newest nutritional superfood that unlocks the secret to long life and superior health. Super SeaVeg is a 100% vegetable dietary food supplement with hundreds of potent phytonutrients found in whole sea plants. SeaVeg contains 28 vitamins, 72 minerals, antioxidants, omegas, and more, including powerful compounds that are antibiotic and antiviral. Studies show sea vegetables contain all the elements necessary for cell regeneration and repair. They are true super plants containing a proprietary blend of 12 different species of red, brown, and green sea plants drawn from the pristine, pollution-free waters of Western Ireland, Iceland, and France. Take the Super Sea Veg Challenge for 90 days with a money-back guarantee if you don't see amazing differences in your energy, focus, sleep, and overall health. Visit SuperSeaVeg.com. That's SuperSeaVeg.com. Or contact them at 866-SEA-VEG, 866-732-8344. For a limited time, mention UnVitamin or use coupon code UnVitamin for a 15% savings. If Rob Saul's ex-girlfriend could change just one thing about him, what would it be? Something I would change physically. His nationality. <laughs> His nationality, okay. <laughs> I like that nationality, because he is a big, strong black man, so... No, I need him to be blacker. <laughs> so, Rob, what would she change about you? Physically? Physically, yes. I will say, I don't know, my feet. She hates my feet. My feet your feet. Right. She would change your nationality. You would be a black man, by the way. So, <laughs> this is very, very exciting. Is that what she really said? Yeah, that's what he, that is what she said. That's right. He would be a big black man. Is that too much to ask for? For more anecdotes, tune in to the Rob Zoll Show live every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time by going to listen.robzoll.com. See? 
told you the Rob Saul Show would be back. And here it is. And we're back with the Rob Saul Show on 1510 WMEX in Boston and nationwide from your TuneIn app. All you have to do is download the TuneIn app from the Android or iTunes store and uh, add uh, WMEX to your favorite stations. And uh, you can listen to us from your mobile device if you're not in your car in Boston. And now it's time for the news with Doug Nelson. Doug, what's in the news? Well, Saul, this story takes us all the way to Salt Lake City, Utah. A Utah man accused of calling in a hospital bomb threat because he was upset he couldn't attend his child's birth is being charged in federal court. Wow. I, you know, I attended my uh, my child's birth, and, it, you know, it is it is a very uh, beautiful thing. But, I mean, uh, you, know, I, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I would blow up the place if they wouldn't let me in. I don't know. Well, he just made the threat. He oh. didn't actually have a bomb. Ah, well, yeah, this guy. Who, what, what, what kind of man is he? He just threatens uh, to do it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, what what happened? Was he not with the mother anymore? They didn't want him in uh, there? Let's see. Michael Morling was indicted Wednesday and he faces up to 10 years if convicted. Uh, uh, the threat led to an evacuation and lockdown on September 17th at a hospital in the small central Utah city of Richfield. His wife and her father told investigators the day of the, the, the incident that Morling made the bomb threat because he was angry about not being there for the birth. I guess he was just mad. So I don't think it would have helped him get there. It's not like, you know, keep the baby in, honey, until I get there. But uh, I think he was out of town. Let's see. He was out of town, and he was like, yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I mean, I would be mad, like, say, you know, I, I, you know, nobody stays together, together anymore. I would be mad if, like, you know, I was separated from my wife while she was pregnant with my child, and she wouldn't let me in. I might cause a big stink about that because, you know, it's still my kid. But I, mean, I can understand being mad if they just didn't tell him. But, I mean, the bomb threat's not going to undo the i mean baby's born it's born you know i mean i you know i joked around i would never really blow up a building or even threaten to throw up uh threaten to do that but uh yeah this guy's got to be uh pretty mentally unstable i would think if uh you know yes. he, he missed the birth he's he's wants to uh threaten to blow up the hospital so <laughs> yeah. that, that's a big deal and he's facing up to 10 years for this now. Now, I mean, you know, I mean, really, he should, you know, this is the problem with people and the problem with anger issues is that you don't really rash, rationale things right because um, now he's going to miss, up, you know, 10 years of his kid's life. Yeah. On top of missing the, uh, the birth of the child. Well, it's probably just as well. I mean, you, you know, I mean, he's a grown man, yet he's throwing a temper tantrum over this and... uh you know, he was like, I was upset that they were going forward with the birth. Well, what did you take to do? Stop it! Well, the the well, nurse, nurse, take a take her uh, her shoe and and kick the baby's head back in. I'm sorry, yeah. Daddy's not here yet. <laughs> no, you're it, crowning. I, no, I don't care. Yeah, so yeah, he was being unreasonable. I, I would think he, that is uh, very unreasonable. So uh, does it, when, when do we find out when this guy gets sentenced? Is he pleading guilty or is he trying to uh, uh, take a plea agreement or what's he doing? He just got indicted, right? Yeah, he's just been charged, so I guess he hasn't been tried yet. Oh, uh, okay. So. So, well, he faces but, up to 10 years. He probably won't do 10 years. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you can get 10 years, but you probably do like five at the most. Wow. So, uh yeah, that's a, a ridiculous. You know, I wouldn't want to miss the birth of my child either, but, um, yeah. I, uh, it's a, you know, uh, we're adults here. You know, uh, Doug, and uh, when I was in high school, I took a parenting class, and they made me sit and watch uh, a woman giving birth, and they brought in, like, nurses from a hospital 
in while you watched it and I started getting, you know, kind of woozy. So I turned my head away and the nurses came over and said, no, you got to watch it. It's a part of the class. And and I passed out. (laughs) So I told uh, my wife at the time the story when she was pregnant with our daughter and you know, the woman's going, here's your baby's head. And she's grabbing, you know, my hand and taking my hand and rubbing it against the head coming out of her vagina. Can I say that on Boston? Yeah, yeah, it's a medical term. Okay. And and my wife is going, don't make him do that. He he might pass out, you know. Uh, So uh, that was the thing that I passed out. But, you know, I handled it very well, I think. And, uh, well, so the class prepared you for the uh, the actual horror. So you were ready by the time it actually happened. The actual horror of it. Yeah, they didn't, you know, that, that listen, that, that class didn't uh, help me deal with a, a colicky baby. Like, you know, um, no. you know, once a night when I had to carry the fake baby home, it would cry like once in the middle of the night at like three or four in the morning. And I just stuck a metal key in its back and it didn't <laughs> shut up. That. <laughs> That that doesn't work when I had a real kid. You know, I'm I'm taking my my uh, house key and scraping it across her back, and she just wouldn't stop. Yeah, if you <laughs> stuck a, a jammed a key in a uh, baby's back, you'd probably get more than ten years. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, but no, my uh, my daughter was really colicky, and and she wouldn't sleep unless I was up, not only walking but bouncing around, and then she'd fall asleep, and as soon as she'd stop, she'd wake up and start screaming again. Wow, so needy. I know, these kids, so needy. <laughs> and I said, you know, I, I, I tell my wife, we're spoiling her. She's got to learn the horrors of real life. Let her sit in there and cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got in the news, Doug? Well, there's another story of a man who calls trouble for uh, a hospital or uh, medical people. Uh, and in York, Pennsylvania, emergency workers in Pennsylvania got an unpleasant surprise when they wheeled a patient out of a home to their ambulance only to find it wasn't there. Police in York say 21-year-old Leonard Eugene Smith took the vehicle for a joyride Friday before ditching it. They say an an in-in-vehicle camera captured his actions and a tracking device led them to the ambulance. Jim Arvine, president and CEO of White Rose Ambulance, says the video shows Smith having a good time behind the wheel, adding... He seemed excited. <laughs> He's excited. He got to take a little joyride. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's charged with felony theft and misdemeanor count of recklessly endangering endangering another person. He's jailed on seventy five thousand dollars bail. They managed to get another ambulance there for the person who was uh, having breathing problems, and they got him to the hospital. But still, <laughs> good lord. I, so, so what you're saying here is that someone was taken out in the ambulance, and somebody stole the ambulance and took a joyride with the person in there. No, no, no. The, the patient, they, the ambulance arrived at this guy's uh, house or apartment and to go get him because he was having breathing problems. And so the EMTs and everything, they went inside to get him and they put him on a, a stretcher or a wheelchair anyway. And they were bringing him to back to the ambulance. But by the time they got back to the ambulance, it was gone because this idiot had stolen it to go on a joyride. Oh, the guy with the breathing problems. <laughs> yeah, so he's left behind. I mean, you know, so this idiot just saw this ambulance sitting there and decided, huh, I'm going to get in there and take a little joyride. Oh, I see. So the, the guy with the breathing problems wasn't, didn't take, take. No, no, no. He, he was, uh, <laughs> in he couldn't do much. So just they, a random we, person walked by and uh, took a joyride. Wow. Yeah. And I, what was he on drugs or something? I mean, who would think that's a good idea? Doesn't specify. He just, you know, I don't know. An idiot. Wow, took an ambulance and just and take it for a joyride, and he he seemed like he was having a good time. 
Yeah, well, he's just damn lucky that the uh, the uh, guy with the breathing problems didn't die, you know. Oh, yeah. Then, then he'd be in a lot of uh, trouble. What's, what's he facing now, Doug? It doesn't say what he's facing. I mean, he's out. Oh, no, he was, uh, he's got $75, $75,000 bail. Oh, wow. He's, so he's still in jail, and he probably can't come up with the cash, so he's probably going to have to sit there for a while. Yeah, I wonder what uh, type of uh, criminal charges he's facing and how much time he's looking at. Does it say it all, Doug? Well, I don't know what years he's facing, but uh, he is charged with felony theft and a misdemeanor count of recklessly endangering another person. Because, uh, you know, and, and I should face some time because, I mean, the guy could have died. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean it's one thing to, to steal a car, but an ambulance that's yeah at a, at a, at a call, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Man, they must have really, you know, pooped their pants. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Uh, well, this takes us to jolly old England. Uh, it's kind of a celebrity story. Oh. Uh, there's a petition that calls for Canterbury West in Kent, southeast England, to have its name changed to Kanye West Station. What? Kanye West Station? What? <laughs> it's a uh, train station. Uh, this guy named Kilner calls for politicians at Canterbury City Council and bosses at their southeastern train station to come together to honor the rapper he hails as the greatest human being of our time. <laughs> what kind of idiot is, uh, is calling for this? I don't understand. Uh, here's a quote from him. He says, We cannot undo past wrongs, such as retroactively giving Taylor Swift's Grammy Award to Beyonce any more than we can save Jesus from crucifixion, although technically God kind of took care of that, he writes in the petition. But we can show our appreciation in other ways, and what better start than renaming Canterbury West Station to Kanye West Station. (laughs) Oh, man. So somebody loves Kanye West as much as he loves himself. Yes, I wouldn't have to. Yeah, we finally found the guy, the yeah. one guy. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna uh, I call for it to be called the Rob Saul train station. What do you think <laughs> of that? I'm gonna challenge this. Well, initially it only got 19 signatures on the petition. But after <laughs> viral, yeah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't think that England would have the uh, uh, huge amount of Kanye West fans because <laughs> they're very polite, right? And people in England are very, like to be very polite. They think that uh, people from the U.S. are too pushy, and, and Kanye West represents all of that, the, the, yeah. the bad uh, uh, well, rap we get here in the U.S. <laughs> I don't know how polite they are. We'll have to talk to Mr. Blair about that one. Oh, yeah. But, well, uh, he's Scottish. He's yeah, a, but still, he knows them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's rude and grumpy. Mr. Blair. I guess that's why they have a problem with the Scots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mr. Blair is a um, a regular caller and contributor on the Rob Saul show on the uh, Ripped Radio Network, that uh, the uncensored show we do on Tuesday. Uh, we'll have him on the Boston show one time. He he's a he's a blog writer. He writes for a um, a website called DearDirtyAmerica.com, dot com. So check that out. And uh, Dirty America, we're all dirty. He's always uh, he, he likes you know when, when we talk politics, he loves it. And then uh, as soon as I do my own thing and start being silly, he, he gets angry and talks about how immature and how my show's going to the toilet. So, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, maybe he would like uh, Kanye West Station. I, I don't know. He, t- he tweeted at me, my show's gone in the toilet. I told him I found his uh, blogging career down there while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we called Kinsel over to, uh, he was backed up and cleaned it out. And look what we found. This <laughs> blog. 
Oh, man. So, wow, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll ask uh, Mr. Blair what he thinks about the Kanye West uh, train <laughs> yeah. station. I don't know. Yeah, if you heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, I, I'm gonna, I, I need to reach out to this guy. I, I, I think the Rob Saul uh, train station will get more signatures. <laughs> <laughs> we'll at least get 20 signatures. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, it says it got, well, it gained hundreds after it, the post went viral over oh, the weekend. Oh, uh, so. okay. Oh, man. Well, there we go. We might have a Kanye West train station in England, and I'm sure he'll be there at the uh, ribbon-cutting ceremony. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, what else do we have going on? Well, this is a creepy story. Uh, It's really weird. Uh, Mysterious corpse-filled ghost ships found drifting off of Japan. Ooh. Yeah, so nearly a dozen wooden boats carrying decomposing bodies have been found in the waters off the coast of Japan over the past two months. Inside the 11 vessels were at least 25 bodies, according to Japanese broadcaster NHK. Two bodies were headless, and one boat contained six skulls. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Uh, so the poor condition of the remains suggested the boats had been adrift for some time. Uh, the, the, the gist of it is they suspect that these were uh, defectors from North Korea, and but I don't that, that I guess why two bodies were beheaded I don't know but I mean um, they're, but they're, they, they, they got lost at sea or something like that and died you know or something like that but I mean what their somebody, head their heads fell off yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or maybe something some deal went wrong and they didn't pay the guy and he killed them or I don't know but this is the rest of them are just dead so I don't know what happened yeah it's like a you know uh, Dumb and Dumber the the movie when uh, the mob guys go in and send him a message and, and rip the uh, parrot's head off. And uh, yeah. <laughs> they said, uh, Petey died. And uh, Jim Carrey says, what happened to him? And, and uh, Jeff Daniels says, his head fell off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, yeah, he was pretty old. Keep your heads on, people. <laughs> yeah. That movie's great. Dumb and Dumber. Never gets old yeah, to me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he, wow, that's that is bizarre. This this is in uh, Japan. Yeah, so there's a lot of people that try to get out of North Korea because it's just you know crazy over there. I mean, man, when whenever we find out when that opens up, when you hear all the I mean, little horror stories leak out about how terrible things are in that country, but man, we don't. That's probably just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, I could only imagine. Hey, uh, whatever. Ha- nothing happened with ISIS in the U.S. They were saying like weeks and weeks ago that they were planning something at uh, some WWE event. Did you read about that? That was like a while ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. What was it? <laughs> I read that uh, ISIS was going to attack Atlanta. They were saying they they. They got into their uh, uh, web stream, that anonymous group or whatever, and they said they were planning on attack, attacking at the uh, WWE uh, Survivor Series in Atlanta. But I think that already passed, and I didn't hear anything. So yeah, I guess they that's had that the, guess match that, or whatever. But uh, yeah. well, well, are we sure it was the real ISIS and not just like like the uh, Arab Sheik was in the old days? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, whoever goes in there and has to battle it out with whatever name they come up with. Let me tell you, I, that's, that stuff scares the hell out of me. I, if I had a, I'm not into wrestling, but if I was into wrestling and had tickets for that and read that, I, I don't think I could go. Yeah, especially after what just happened in Paris. Yeah, know? that's what they were saying. That they, they got a list, and it had Paris listed and other places that it happened, and then there, supposedly they had Atlanta listed yeah. at that Survivor Series event. So, But I think that already happened, so I guess that was either just a hoax or... Maybe ISIS knew we were on to them and uh, had to change plans. 
Oh no! All right, cancel that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wait for WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. draws a bigger crowd. Yeah, than the Survivor. Well, I mean, we know they would want to, so it's a you know it's very likely you know that you know like obvious things like the Super Bowl and stuff like that. So if if they could get here to do it, they would. Yeah. So it's always a possibility. But then you know what do you do? You stay home all day and hide under your pillow. I mean, you know. yeah. Well, you know, maybe hopefully Vince McMahon uh, for that Survivor Series put on extra security. So uh, I will destroy you. <laughs> Have Hulk Hogan out there with the twenty-four inch pythons, uh, uh, you know, leg dropping ISIS. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he leaps up and falls. Yeah. <laughs> you just see him shooting Hulk Hogan in the uh, in the chest, and he starts wagging his finger with the you know uh 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 how he does, and <laughs> yeah. he chops one of their heads off, and then puts his hands to his ear like huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. starts waving <laughs> over the crowd <laughs> with an ISIS head. <laughs> and tosses the head to a fan. Oh, man, this is going on eBay. <laughs> oh, boy. What else do we have in the news? Well, my final story. Oh, final story. Uh, for Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, the old song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and there's all those items that you could purchase for Christmas in it. Yes, yeah, so I used to I- listen to the Mickey Mouse version with all the Disney characters when I was a kid doing the Twelve Days of Christmas. You have Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, Minnie, Pluto. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> okay, Rob, well, <laughs> if you purchased all those items, <laughs> it would cost you $155,000. Well, <laughs> so, over that, actually. <laughs> so 155000 if you wanted to purchase all those things that are on the 12 days of Christmas, which nobody really wants. I mean, who wants... I don't know what you would want this. Yeah. Carpet. So how much do you think a partridge and a pear tree would cost? Well, it says it would cost... $215. For the pear tree and the partridge together? so, yeah. Oh, boy. How about five golden rings? That's got to be pricey. Does it, but we, it doesn't really say how many carats of gold it is, right? So you can't really... Yeah, you couldn't specify. Yeah. It's at least it's $750. And that's for what, like the cheapest golden rings you can find? Yeah, probably so. <laughs> and now, now, when you say you... Uh, what is it? Twelve drummers drumming? <laughs> like, are, are, are we renting them out? Or are we actually purchase, purchasing the actual be, people? Yeah. It says uh, it would cost uh, $2,855 per performance. Oh, for for a performance. Yeah, so if you got that performance that Christmas Day, you know, surprise, here's your 12 drummers drumming. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Like, what would you want that for? Yeah, 12 Uh, drummers drumming. Yeah, they need to change it and talk about, you know, know, two iPads, you know. Yeah. I mean, did people actually used to give this for Christmas? (laughs) And a 75-inch flat screen. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's more of uh, an uh, up-to-date version. But what else do we have on that? I I don't even remember. Uh, Ten Lords a-leaping. What what is that? What's a a Lords a-leaping? Because some actual... I, it, they actually priced it, saying it would cost you five thousand five hundred and eight dollars. <laughs> how, how do you calculate that? I mean, yeah. where do you get Lords a leaping? Well, maybe they're they're uh, they're counting uh, performances by the uh, the singer Lord uh, <laughs> leaping across stage. Five five tickets to that. <laughs> yeah, probably uh, cost more than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what are the twelve? Uh, but uh, geez. 
Uh, Piper's piping. I mean, you know, you can hire that. That's two thousand six six hundred thirty-five. Piper, uh, what like bagpipers playing the bagpipes? Yeah, I would seem so. Uh-huh. I guess Lords of Leaping refers to something. We just we're just too illiterate to know or ignorant to whatever. How about four calling birds? So that's got to be pretty pricey, huh? Uh, four calling birds. That's uh, six hundred dollars. Six hundred. Four calling birds. Four birds. Yeah. Well, they, it says they're canaries. So. Oh, canaries. Okay. I didn't know what a calling bird was. Actually, there's a lot of birds in this. I mean, you think if you're gonna get a bird, you just get one. Yeah, well, I see. There's well, there's ones that talk that are real big at the stores. They those cost like thousands. Yeah. 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 So and two turtle doves that cost two hundred oh two hundred and ninety. It says it's gone up a year now. So it's two sixty dollars. Now it's two hundred and ninety. Well this year, Doug, I mean, you know, as far as the uh the uh Rob saw Pollyanna, if I get you, I was gonna get you three French hens. <laughs> well that would have set you back a hundred and eighty two dollars. Oh, I'm not spending that much money on you, Doug. Yeah, no, I'm not worth it. <laughs> three French hens. And <laughs> I might I might buy them off the black market uh, for you. <laughs> yeah, They're not really French. Yeah, so I'll get you French Canadian, French Canadian hens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the knockoffs. <laughs> mixed breeds. Uh, Six geese a laying is three hundred and sixty dollars. Laying? Uh, what if they're not laying? How about it's just? I don't. That's what I thought. Are they laying eggs? Is that what it means? <laughs> they're or something? I don't know. What, how about if I get uh, with they're fixed? They can't lay eggs anymore. I know they can't. <laughs> but I guess it just means they're really lazy and they just lay around. Oh wow! Uh, seven swans of swimming costs a whopping thirteen thousand one hundred and twenty-five. Wow, swans are expensive, huh? Yeah. The cheapest thing is eight maids of milking, which is fifty-eight bucks. What, what's that? Eight maids of milking? Again, don't know. I mean, do do you milk your maid? Yeah, I know. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I put it on his uh, Christmas <laughs> list. <laughs> Pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, I want to milk the maid. <laughs> eight maids of milk. What's the most expensive thing on there? Uh, let's see. It's a, it's well, a, I think the uh, the, the seven swans of swimming was seven yeah. swans of swimming. Thousand. Oh, man. The runner-up is the uh, nine ladies dancing. Oh, hey now. Seven thousand five hundred fifty-three. So uh, how much is it? Seven thousand five hundred fifty-three. Boy, you better get a lot of couch dances for that. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> no, it's nine of them. So nine. Yeah. Oh, nine of them. Wow. And I guess after is that is that including tip or or no? <laughs> well, good lord, seven thousand bucks. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, I hope I hope that's tip included. I don't know if that's just for Christmas Day or if you get to keep them. Yeah, I went to uh, a go go bar last night and I got a phone number from one of the dancers to come on this show here on WMEX. So uh, I got right. I got to figure out what I want to do with her. I, I you know who knows? I just want to strip her at my house. I'm I'm, I'm getting all worked up. <laughs> Boston will, Boston will love it. So, uh, <laughs> it's smooth when you can go around, hey, I have a radio show. I know. You have me drunk telling everybody I have a radio show. Yeah, yeah, I'm on 1510 yeah. WMEX in Boston. I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. See, it's a good line. You can lure her mm-hmm. in and before she realizes you're just some dumb waiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're already in love. And they, you know. uh, by then, ho- hopefully, I've already sealed the deal. But, um, yes, exactly. Uh, I think I told her though. I was a I was a waiter too. Oh, Rob, how what? No, I know, <laughs> I know, I'm awful. But uh, <laughs> well, that about wraps things up for the news, and we're out of time for this week. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. Uh, we'll be back 
uh, Sunday morning, 2 a.m. And uh, if you're listening on the TuneIn app and you're over on the West Coast, it'll be Saturday night at 11 p.m. Don't forget to uh, join me, uh, Nikki, and Doug on our live Uncensored show on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Time on the Ripped Radio Network. You can go to listen.robsaul.com and uh, check us out there on Tuesday night. It's always a good time. And, of course, uh, you can download uh, this show and other shows on our our iTunes page. Uh, just go to uh, Rob Saul Show on iTunes, and, and we're there. You can download shows, Doug. That's right. Yes, <laughs> but uh, live show we can say naughty words. Yes, yeah, there'll be naughty words and naughty things happening, and uh, uh, yes, yeah, uh, check it out. And uh, but the, the last uh, show we did, there was uh, a lot of dirty stuff being discussed, wasn't there? Yes, yes, a bit of an uh, intimate moment with uh, Rob Song. Yes, yes. Uh, my roommate caught me uh, being intimate with myself. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, One of those people that does that. Yes, I know. Horrible. Uh, but uh, take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the website at robsaw.com and follow us on Twitter at Rob Saul Show. Good night, Boston. Good night, everybody. And thank you. Don't touch that dial. This is the new 1510 WMEX Boston. It's crazy how your heart just has a mind of its own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like when it smiles and makes the choice on its own. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.